Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil Alemin. Sallallahu aleyhi ve sellem ala seyyidina Muhammed ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ve sellem. <coughs> okay. So, we're going to suffice without the uh, PowerPoint this week. But inshallah, those of you, if you, you can find the PDF online if you want to follow. From, I believe it's the Matheson Trust website. You'll be able to find it, inshallah. Um, and take it from there. Inshallah, bismillah. So, we left off on 245. 245. So, we're going to try to <coughs> get through this tonight, inshallah. And then next week, um, we'll do a reading of just the English translation from the beginning to the end uh, as kind of like a review inshallah for uh, what has been covered so bismillahirrahmanirrahim alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa sallam muhammad qal al-musannifu rahimahullahu ta'ala wa nafanallahu yahu bi'ilumi fi darayn ameen ja'alaka fil alamin mutawasiti bayna mulkihi wa malakutihi liyu'alimaka jalalata qadrika bayna makhluqatihi wa annaka jawharatun tantawi alayka asdafu mukawanatihi so he said radiyallahu ta'ala anhu before I translate so he refers here to al-alim or to mulkihi wa malakutihi mulkihi wa malakutihi the mulk in the kind of like spiritual terminology in particular it refers to alam al-shahada and mulk is alam al-shahada it is the physically perceivable realm of existence um, and then there's al-malakut al-malakut and al-malakut is alam al-ghayb it is the unseen and so what he's kind of pointing out here is that he's saying Allah has made you, you yourself, you the human being, he has made you as an intermediate universe between the world of the seen and the world of the unseen. And that is to say that there's an element of the human being that is from the seen, which relates to the physical body of the human being. Our molding from clay and dissension thereafter and all of our human attributes that come as a result of that uh, reality and then there's this element of the human being that is the spiritual side of the human being that is uh, the that is the realm of the malakut that is related to Allah's having breathed from his ruh from his spirit into Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam and so these are two different realities the reality of the world of, of, of the angels the world of the spiritual lights that Allah descends upon the harps and hearts and so on and so forth that's the unseen world and then the seen world so he said he created you the human being between those two you're like the barzakh you're like the intermediary realm the between these two realities and he did this partially so that we would realize our station in relation to everything else in the universe that the human being has a special position in the universe and that's not something that should cause arrogance that's something that should 
cause us to feel some level of responsibility and um, pressure in a sense like a good pressure that this is a jewel the human being is a jewel it's a pearl that's being surrounded by the physical world and uh, that physical world then is all signs for that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to us and means by which we can draw closer to him and means by which we fulfill our responsibilities towards him and so on and Allah said in the in the Quran as as mentioned by the sharih as mentioned by the commentator rahimahullah ta'ala وَسَخَّرَ لَكُمْ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ جَمِيعًا مِّنْهِ That Allah says in the Qur'an, He has subjugated for you everything that is in the heavens and the earth. He has subjugated for you everything that is in the heavens and the earth. Uh, and some of the, it's said that in some of the uh, previous revelations, there's a statement that Allah said, يَا بْنَ آدَمْ خَلَقْتُ الْأَشْيَاءَ كُلَّهَا مِنْ أَجْلِكَ وَخَلَقْتُكَ مِنْ أَجْلِي فَلَا تَشْتَغِلْ بِمَا هُوَ لَكَ عَمَّا أَنْتَ So it's a statement that says that Allah said, O son of Adam, or daughter of Adam, I have created everything for you, and I have created you for me. So don't busy yourself with that which is for you, rather than that which you are for. Meaning, busy yourself with me, God, rather than these created things which are just to be a means by which you come closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's a remarkable statement here from Al-Allama uh, Al-Sharqawi, Sheikh Abdullah Al-Sharqawi. He was from Shuyukh Al-Azhar, rahimahullah ta'ala. Like he was not from the, not meaning, not, not to say he was from the scholars of Azhar, but to say that he was actually held the position of Sheikh Al-Azhar. So, um, he was a previous Shaykh Al-Azhar, Shaykh Abdullah Sharqawi, Rahimahullah Ta'ala. Uh, he has a commentary on the Hikam. And he says uh, on this one, he says the following. He says the folding, in a sense, of the entireties of the universe into the human being is shown in different things. So he says, for example, the human being has the attributes of the angels when it comes to their intellect and their knowing of God and their worship. And they have, the human being has the attributes of shaitan when it comes to our ability to deceive ourselves and to run away from the truth and to oppress others. And we have the attributes of animals when it comes to, uh, such as our anger, it's similar to a lion. And our uh, submitting to our desires is similar to a pig uh, and our wanting of the worldly life and our panting over it is similar to a dog uh, and our mischievousness and our trickery is similar to a wolf and uh, we have the attributes also of trees and plants uh, because they start off in the beginning and then they grow and they become strong and they become fertile and then later on they become dry and they shrivel up so we're similar to plants in that regard and he says that we're similar to the sky because the sky is a place for the secrets and the lights to descend and it's a place where the angels meet and human beings also have that and that we're similar to the earth because uh, it is in the human being 
that the seeds of, of good character and righteousness are planted and grow and also that the earth has kind of like a firmness to it but also an ease to it it's it's receiving and it's strong and it's patient and the human being can have this too um, and the 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 sacred tablet that Allah has written the decree on is similar to the human being because the human being takes knowledge as well knowledge can be written on the heart of the human being um, and so on so he goes through all of these things you know, he goes through all of these. So he's saying all of these things in creation, the human being has a share of all of these things in creation. So in a sense, the human being, uh, everything that is in creation is rolled up into the existence of the human being and is part of the existence of the human being. May Allah help us to achieve our reality. 246, he says, He says that the... Um, the creation is sufficient to contain you from the perspective of your physical body. I'm sure the translation is probably very different. Uh, try to like see the similarities in the translation. I don't have it in front of me, so um, maybe you, it will enrich the experience, inshallah. Uh, the physical creation is sufficient to contain the human being from the perspective of their physical body, their their humanness in that way. But it cannot contain the human being from the perspective of their soul. That the soul is greater actually than all of this physical existence. Because again, it is the physical existence is lower in a sense of the hierarchy of creation. The physical world is lower than the spiritual world. And the ruh comes from the spiritual world. It doesn't come from the physical world. Uh, so he says in the commentary, so that means for you to put your focus on the physical world will make you from the lowest of the low. And for you to put your fo focus on the one who created the physical world, then that will elevate you to the highest of the elevated. فَاخْتَرْ لِنَفْسِكَ مَا يَحْنُو Says, so choose for yourself whichever of them sounds better to you, whichever of them is preferable to you. Radiallahu an. In two forty seven he says, Al Kainu Finkoni Walam Tuftah Lahu Mayadin Ruyub Masjunun bi Muhi Tatihi Wamahsurun fi Haikali Thatihi. We will stop for Maghrib in case anyone's worried about that. We'll stop in a few minutes, inshallah. Two forty seven. The one who is present in the physical creation. And the doors to the worlds of the unseen have not been opened for them. It is as if they are imprisoned by the physicality of existence. And limited by the shapes that they are surrounded by. So to say that the person who doesn't realize, they become, in, they become completely imprisoned by their physical form. They can't get out. Whereas the human being is actually meant to soar beyond the physical form through the soul. And the soul, again, even the entirety of the world and the universe cannot contain the soul. The soul is greater than all of those things. And yet, when we are overwhelmed and held down or weighed down by our physicality 
And the doors of the unseen are completely locked for us. We don't have an understanding of the unseen. We don't have a perception in the sense of accepting its reality, believing in it, knowing that it's true, so on and so forth. Then when, when we don't have that, then we are confined to our physical selves and locked in by the constraints of the, of, of the physical being. Um, so this is what he's mentioning here. Uh, there's a statement that's mentioned in the commentary, but it's not really um, the person who edited the commentary says in all of the works that they looked through, they couldn't find any sort of foundation for it. But there's something beautiful in it that it's it's attributed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it says, Abdi ij'alni makana hammik akfika kullahem. says, Oh Allah, uh, oh human being, make me, make, put me, uh, like replace your anxieties with me, and I will take care of all of your anxieties. Replace your worries with me, and I will I will take care of all of your worries. And uh, I think that that's a true concept, even though the the particular narration itself, uh, they weren't able to find a foundation for, find a foundation for it. Two forty eight. This is a very famous one from the Hikam. Every now and then, I'll mention that there's. There's some of these that are like really famous that people will quote them a lot in their lectures and things like that, and this is one of them. It's really amazing. It says, and it's also actually one of the ones that if you misunderstand it, then you know people will accuse the author of, I don't know, not understanding God or something. But I think when I explain it should be pretty clear especially considering everything that has passed it says you are with the created things as long as you have not witnessed their creator or their fashioner and if you witness him then they are for you or they are with you with here kind of like has that it's continuing on the ones before it it has kind of that feeling of subjugation so the idea here is that if all we witness is the created world then we become subjugated to it. Uh, but once we witness the Creator, then the world becomes subjugated to us. So some people will say, well, that may, that's like making the human being a god instead of God, and so on. So, no, it's not. It's, it's like it's very clear. It's saying like you, you put yourself with God. God subjects everything to you. That's not you doing anything. That's God doing whatever He wants, subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's like... I don't know. Shibli, he said, radiallahu an, Laysa yakhturun kaunu bibali man arafa al-mukawwin. Laysa yakhturun kaunu bibali man arafa al-mukawwin. He said, Shibli, he said that uh, the created world does not enter into the mind of the one who knows the creator. It doesn't even, there's no space for it. وَقَالَ بَعْضُهُمْ أَنَا أَدْخُلُ السُّوقِ وَالْأَشْيَاءُ تَشْتَاقُ إِلَيْهِ وَأَنَا عَنْ جَمِيعِهَا حُرٌ Some of them they said, I go to the marketplace and everything in the marketplace, it wants me. And I am free from all of them. And I am free from all of them. And he doesn't mean this in like a material, like in a, um, like a consumer sense. He means this in the sense of like the person who, like there's narrations for example that talk about or in the Quran it talks about how uh, 
that the 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 disbeliever when the disbeliever dies the heavens and the earth don't cry over the disbeliever and the implication of that is that when the righteous person dies the heavens and the earth cry over the death of the righteous person and there's narrations that talk about how the mountains and the trees and stuff are happy when the when the believer makes dhikr in front of them you know the the mountain wakes up and it looks at the mountain next to it it says did anyone make say subhanallah in front of you last night because someone said subhanallah in front of me like there's this again there's this uns- there's a world that's existing around us that we don't really always usually most of us don't comprehend so when he says everything in the marketplace wants him it's not necessarily like a consumer thing and so he's saying because like i'm with allah and he's not saying that like la fakhr without a claim or anything but i'm with allah so the things they want me and I, i'm free from them i don't actually have any concern for them um and that's you know like in uh new age stuff they talk about what is it there's some concept in the new age stuff about that like once you release yourself from like being subjugated to these things and they come after you you know that whole kind of thing like don't chase after the world once you stop chasing after it, then it chases after you this kind of concept it was said about ibrahim ibn adham uh someone said i came to ibrahim ibn adham and he was sleeping in a garden uh and there was a snake that was in the garden and it was just rattling like it's it's rattle and it was rattling it for him to like give him white noise basically so he can rest calmly <laughs> and another narration it says about ibrahim and khawas who was another righteous person from that early these are all like ibrahim ibn adham ibrahim and khawas so on and so forth these are all early people it said about him that uh, they were with him and there was a scorpion that was on his thigh. And the person who saw it went to go and kill the scorpion. And he stopped him. And he told him, He said, leave it alone because everything is in need of us and we're not in need of anything. Now some people again, they would hear that and they would say, well, who does he think he is? God? He's not saying that he's God. That's not the, that's not the meaning here. Even in... Um, like the footnote they make a little clarification just to make sure that someone doesn't misread that he's not saying that it's it's from the meaning of what's in the hikmah it's in the from the meaning of what's in the wisdom that we quoted in the in, that this is all about this says in some of the awliya they used to say to the sky rain and it would rain because this is they're the intermediary between the worlds they're the ones Allah gives them the ability to do these things not because they have like it's because of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it says and some of them they used to worship in the mountains and the caves and stuff and then when they wanted to go home the predatory animals like the lion or the tiger or whatever it is would come and pick them up and they'd ride it and they'd go home <laughs> and here it has a story from uh Subhanallah, today while I was reviewing this, someone sent me the same story that's mentioned in the in the section uh, from the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. It's basically, there's a long story about a companion who was named Safina. He was named Safina. And basically, uh, they went traveling and they like got shipwrecked, essentially. But the point is in the, in the story, there was, uh, they... Uh, they they got shipwrecked shipwrecked and they found an uh, a, a lion on the island or on this place where they got crashed 
فقلت يا أبا الحارث أنا سفينة مولى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم So when he saw the lion he said oh Abu al-Harith oh, Abu al-Harith is like a name for a lion the son the father of a lion so oh father of a lion he's calling the lion I'm Safina the servant of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam فطأ رأسه وجعل يدفعني بجنبه يدلني على الطريق so when i said so it says that when he said that to him the lion lowered his head and started to push him and indicate to him the route that he should take in order to be saved from the situation that they're in. So this is an example that they give. It's there. Ibn al-Jawzi mentions the story. There's a bunch of other stories too of such things. Um, many, many stories actually throughout Muslim history. It's kind of like a famous theme, this uh, um, interaction with animals and stuff. I'm trying to remember some of them. We've talked about some of them before. Uh, and it was in the same concept as this one Like one man he was a righteous person And some people came to visit him He was out in the middle of nowhere And when they went to make wudu They saw all these lions And they got scared So the man came out and he told the lions He said how many times have I told you That when I have guests you don't bother them And then they walked away <laughs> And the people were like they were like, What are you doing? Aren't you scared of the lions or whatever? He said you were scared of the lions So so they had control over you and I only feared Allah so they had no control over me you know, so this is the way that is, you know, the thing is 249 I want to do 249 then we'll break it 250 and we'll continue inshallah <laughs> وَتَارَةً يَقْبِدُ ذَلِكَ عَنْكَ فَيَرُدُّكَ إِلَى حُدُودِكَ فَالنَّهَارُ لَيْسَ مِنْكَ وَإِلَيْكَ وَلَكِنَّهُ وَارِدٌ عَلَيْكَ So he says basically here that he's bringing up again this issue of خصوصية and بشرية خصوصية and بشرية and we said that خصوصية is like the special it's the special side of the human being it's related to the ruh and purification and so on. And the bashariya is related to the physical human side. So he's saying that just because someone has attained some sort of khususiyah doesn't mean that they are relieved from all of their bashariya. And rather that, that, that khususiyah that they have is like when the sun comes on a day and you look on the horizon and you see the light on the horizon. It looks to you as if the whole world lit itself up. But really that light came from the sun. It didn't come from like the horizon, just all of a sudden the light came or something. Um, so it, it shows up, but it's not actually from it. And the khususiyah the that the person has is similar. It shows up, but it's not from them. It's from Allah. And so when it goes away, it goes. sometimes that sun will come, sometimes that sun will go. So sometimes the khususiyah will show and sometimes their bashariyah will show. And this is why, as I think I said before, they say sometimes about the awliya that in qurbu hijab, that being close to someone is can be a, a hijab, it can be a veil. Because when you're close to someone, you see all of their bashariya, right? And so their, the experience of their bashariya can overcome our ability to see their khususiya. Khus, it comes from khas, and bashar is human, right? And khusus means elect. So like their specialness, you can't see their specialness because of their humanness. You know, you wake up in the, you see, you see them like after travel and, and their clothes are disheveled. Or 
you you see them when they have a headache and they just look angry or whatever it might be and then you, you because of that we can't see that they're actually really special but that's because it is what it is Allah will give it when he wants to give it and he'll take it away when he wants to take it away so he says that uh, so sometimes he'll he'll bring that sun to shine upon you and sometimes he will uh, and sometimes he will take it away and let you be and let you remember your limits of weakness and and inability and need and so on and so forth. So the day is not yours in the first place. But it's something that comes upon you. And the khususiyah is not the person's thing in the first place. Their bashariya is like what's dominant in a sense. And so when it comes, it comes. When it doesn't come, it doesn't come. Uh, ثم علم أن القبض المذكور ليس سلبا بل هو تنبيه للقاصرين على الأمر كله لله ليس لهم منه شيء. That know that this when it removes, it's not a punishment. It's just a reminder that everything is in the hands of Allah. And that's why لذا ترى بعض الأولياء في بعض الأحيان عندهم قوة بتش وفي بعضها يكون عاجزا. And that's why you'll see that some of the awliya, some of the righteous people, they'll have times of of tremendous strength and vigor. And they'll have times of complete incapacity. This is the way that it is. And uh, so he says that there. Allahu alamu sallallahu wa sallam wa sallam Muhammad. Inshallah we'll break just for Maghrib. And then uh, we'll continue. Inshallah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. So we left off on number 250. This is going to be so hard to translate. Dalla bi wujudi atharihi ala wujudi asma'ihi wa bi wujudi asma'ihi ala thubuti awsafihi wa bi thubuti awsafihi ala wujudi thatihi idh muhalun an yaqum alwasfu bi nafsihi fa arbabun jadbi yakshifu lahum an kamali thatihi thumma yarudduhum ila shuhudi sifatihi ثم يرجعهم إلى التعلق بأسمائه ثم يردهم إلى شهور آثاره والسالكون على عكس هذا فنهاية السالكين بداية المجذوبين وبداية السالكين نهاية المجذوبين لكن لا بمعنى واحد فربما التقيا في الطريق هذا في ترقيه وهذا في تدليه so um, let me try to just explain what's going on here And then you can look at your translation if you like um, So again, he's talking about two concepts One of them is the concept of al-majdhub And the other one is the concept of as-salik Al-majdhub is the one who literally has been pulled is the one who has been pulled and the salik is the one who traverses so what are these referring to here in the world of islamic spirituality al-majdub is the one who has been uh, pulled immediately straight to god they they they, they didn't pass go they didn't collect 200 dollars they just went straight to god and the salik is the one who step by step by step takes every step of the journey and travels until they reach the destination. 
Okay, so this is the first thing. The other thing that he's mentioning here in this one is kind of like a ladder. That on the top of the ladder, there's Allah himself. And on the rung right below it, there's his, um, his attributes. And right below his attributes is, are his names. And right below his names are the effects of those names in the creation. Okay, so you could say, for example, that you see um, the Grand Canyon, and you say that the Grand Canyon is, if you were to go from the bottom, the next, the Grand Canyon is a sign that Allah is Al Qadir, that He is the able, He's the one who has ability. This is His name, Al Qadir. Then the attribute that would be from that name is an qudra the capacity of power right and then that capacity of power would lead you to the essence itself of god which uh, to whom belongs that power okay so this is kind of like these are all in there so there's two concepts that are in there the majdub the one who's pulled straight to allah and the salik the one who takes the steps and then uh, this ladder of things, names, attributes, God himself. So what he's saying in this one is that the majdub starts at God. And from God goes to the attributes, and from the attributes to the names, and from the names to the created world. The effects of those things in the created world. And the salik, the traveler, starts at the created world and goes from the created world to the attributes and from the attributes, er, to the, from the created world to the names and from the names to the attributes and from the attributes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself. And so really what it's getting at is that these are two routes, so to speak, of, of, of arriving at God. One route is the route of journeying step by step and one route is just some people are just pulled in that way. Okay. Uh, 251, there's not that much more to say about that. There's some of it will come up in the next ones. لا يعلم قدر أنوار القلوب والأسرار إلا في غيب الملكوت كما لا تظهر أنوار السماء إلا في شهادة الملك. So he says the true um, قدر the true قدر the true amount or yeah, I guess amount or the true value of the lights of the hearts and the inner inner depths of the human being are only known in the world of the Malakut. Just like the lights of the created world are only known in the created world. Only in the Mulk do we know the sunlight. And only in the Malakut do we know the divine lights. So this is what it's saying. Then 252, which then with the Marat Ta'ati, Ajilan, Bashairu Amilina, Biwujud and Jazai, Aleha Ajilan. That the finding of the fruits of obedience in this life are glad tidings to the workers as to the reward that they will have in that which comes later. And this is the meaning of a hadith. So there's a hadith on that that the Prophet was asked by one of the companions. What do you say about someone who does something for the sake of Allah and they don't seek recognition from the people and yet the people recognize it and they praise them for it. And the Prophet ﷺ said, Tilka 
Ajilu Bushra al Mu'min. That is the early glad tiding of the believer. And so what he's saying here is that when we have these things, it's not necessarily from the people, it can be even just that we feel some sort of delight in worship or in calling upon Allah or whatever it might be. Those are just inshallah good signs that, that has been accepted. Um, and good signs for what is to come But they're not necessary As we've talked about before 253 Says how do you seek a reward For an action that he has uh, been charitable with you By giving it to you and how do you seek uh, a, a recompense for some sincerity that you had that he has gifted to you? So it's just re-emphasizing this idea that we've come across many times now that um, whatever we have is from Allah. Whatever deeds we have is from Allah. Whatever sincerity we have is from Allah. Whatever it is, it's all from Allah. So how can we do those things and then come back and be like, okay, Allah reward me for it in kind of like a transactional way. It's not really the best manners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 254 There's a people, and this is again related to the Majdub and the Sadiq. So there's a people whose lights precede their dhikr. So their, their illumination precedes their action. And there's a people whose action precedes their illumination. So there's two people. The one whose light comes before even what they do, that's the majdub. They're just taken straight. And the one whose deeds come and then their illumination comes as a result of those deeds is the salik. So again, those that two categories. Uh, and then he continues on that 255 that there's one person who remembers Allah and they do that in order to lighten illuminate their heart that's the sadiq right that's the traveler they do the dhikr and the dhikr illuminates their heart and then there's the one who does the dhikr because their heart is illuminated and that's the majdhu they're already you know they're they're in a different place مَا كَانَ ظَاهِرُ ذِكْرٍ إِلَّا عَنْ بَاطِنِ شُهُودٍ وَفِكْرٍ 2.56 مَا كَانَ ظَاهِرُ ذِكْرٍ إِلَّا عَنْ بَاطِنِ شُهُودٍ وَفِكْرٍ There's no external dhikr except that there's an internal witnessing and remembering and contemplating of God. So the external remembrance of the person uh, is it mirrors the internal and the external they mirror each other. Yes, there can be false displays. Uh, sometimes, but generally speaking, there's a relationship between the internal and the external. Establish the prayer for my remembrance. The establishment of the prayer will come as a result. It, it brings about the internal remembrance as well. And the internal remembrance brings about the salah. 257 That he caused you to witness before he even asked you to witness. So the hearts and the limbs 
uh, bore witness before they even did anything to bear witness, basically. Um, it's, you know, kind of like, you probably, by the end, we should start getting like a feel for his expressions and the way that he says things and kind of like, you know, it's just saying that, uh, من قبل أن يستشهدك أي يطلب منك أن تشهد بعظمته وجلاله بذكرك وعبادتك فإن ذكر والعبادة شهادة منك بعظمة من المذكور والمعبود فنتقت بإلوهيته بما يدل عليها الظواهر أي الجوارح بيناتت بالعمال التي تكار تنتيق بعظمة دين جلاله وهي الراجل الاستشهاد That these before you know were already in a state of submission and then he asked us to do these things but uh, the submission is already there So we just have to bring it out We just have to bring it out and witness it 258 Says he gave you Three blessings. He has blessed us and given us the great gift of three blessings. Those three blessings are number one, that he bestowed his bounties upon us such that he deemed us from those who should be allowed to um, should be allowed to remember him in the first place. We have the blessing of being able to remember him in the first place. The second that he's given us is that he's given us the honor of being associated with him subhanahu wa ta'ala so if you're someone who prays a lot someone who worships a lot you're known as someone who remembers God you're known as someone who worships God and to even have that affiliation with God is a blessing that he has given us and the third is that he has made us from those who are mentioned with him and by him, as in, as is mentioned in the Hadith Qudsi, مَنْ ذَكَرَنِي فِي نَفْسِهِ ذَكَرْتُهُ فِي نَفْسِي وَمَنْ ذَكَرَنِي فِي مَلَئٍ ذَكَرْتُهُ فِي مَلَئٍ خَيْرٍ مِنْ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, The one who, re- who remembers me in themselves, I remember them in myself. And the one who remembers me in a gathering, I remember them in a gathering uh, that is better than the gathering that they are in. May Allah make us from them. And, Allah, and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in a hadith مَا جَلَسَ قَوْمٌ يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى إِلَّا حَفَّتْهُمَ الْمَلَائِكَةِ وَغَشِيَتْهُمَ الرَّحْمَةِ وَنَزَلَتْ عَلَيْهُمُ السَّكِينَةِ وَذَكَرَهُمُ اللَّهُ فِي مَنَ عِنْدَ Famous hadith that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said a, gather, a people come together and they mention Allah and when they do so the angels encompass them with their wings and mercy comes all around them and tranquility descends upon them and Allah mentions them to those who are in His company, subhanahu wa ta'ala. 259, 259 is also one of the famous ones. There's a little bit of a play of words, play on words in the Arabic that probably doesn't come well in the English. But amad is times, and amdad is kind of like their blessings and their spiritual power. So amdad, medad for medad, medad is probably some people have heard that word before. So amad is time, and amdad is this spiritual power. So he says there's a people. Some people they have a lifetime that is very long. 
their amad is very long and their amdad is very small and their their blessing and their benefit and the the good that they bring to the world is very limited and some people they have very short time spans but the blessing that they bring into the world is really remarkable and subhanallah this is something you see all throughout muslim history you know you see people like imam al-nawawi who died in his 40s but we study his works in like every subject Imam al-Shafi'i died in his 50s. He was one of the great imams. Um, endless, countless people. Uh, in the modern period, relatively modern period, Sheikh Abdul Hayy al-Laknawi, uh, Sheikh Abdul Hayy al-Laknawi, who was a Hanafi scholar in, in South Asia and in the Indian subcontinent, he, I think he died in like his 40s. And he wrote a lot of works in, in a whole different, all different types of fields. And some people, it's not that they wrote a lot of works or something, but it's that the good that they brought was so powerful that it lasts for generations and generations and generations, even if their lifespan was short. May Allah give us barakah. The key here, the sir is barakah. The sir is not productivity. <laughs> the secret is not productivity. The secret is blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is really important. It's not to say don't be productive and don't pay attention to how to do things better and so on and so forth. That's not the point. But the point is to recognize that the true impact comes from the blessing of Allah. Everything else, it's limited in what it can give. It might save an hour, might save two hours, might get one more book written, but nobody will read the book, or nobody will care about the work, or the work won't change anyone's life. It just won't do anything, because there's no blessing. And something else, there might be a blessing in it, and it's one word, and it's one word that's Mubarak, and it changes someone's life, and it's more important than that whole book. Right? So these, the niyyah and the intention, and the blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is where the where the tahwil happens, where the change happens, where the shift happens. 260 connected to it. Man burika lahu fi umrihi adraka fi yasirin min zamani min minani lahi ta'ala ma la yadkhulu tahda dawair al-ibara wa la talhaquhu al-ishara. He said, The one who Allah blesses for them in their lifespan, they will achieve in a little bit of time. So many of the gifts of Allah that it can't even be spoken about, nor can it even be indicated. Like some things you can speak about them directly, some things you can only speak about them indirectly. He says, the person who Allah blesses them in their lifespan, they will achieve in a little bit of time so much that you can't express it directly or indirectly. It would just be too great. Uh, and he says here in the commentary something really beautiful. Uh... So he says, Said the person who's blessed like this, it becomes for them, it becomes that every one of their nights is like Laylatul Qadr. Every one of their nights is like Laylatul Qadr because Allah blessed them. So every night that they have is the night of power. It's the it's equivalent to Alfi Shahr. It's equivalent to a thousand months. Right. Every night that they have is equivalent to a thousand months because Allah blessed it. And if Allah doesn't bless it, then it's not even equivalent to one night. Uh, and this is why it's said in a hadith, although it's disputed, it's authenticity, that righteousness increases in one's lifespan. The meaning is true, but the actual text is not. Uh, it's, it's said from Abu Abbas al-Mursi radiallahu ta'ala anhu, awqawtuna walhamdulillah kulluha laylatun qadr. He said, Abu al-Abbas al-Mursi radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he said, 
Our nights, alhamdulillah, all of them are Laylatul Qadr. <laughs> you know, you have to be a really special person to be able to say that without actually bragging. You know, but everything that we know from Abdul Abbas and Mursi, from his life and his students and so on and so forth, and Ibn Atta'a, that was one of them, radiallahu anhuma, that that's being said not out of uh, some sort of arrogance or self-righteousness or something, a'udhu billah. Just say, this is how, alhamdulillah, like when Allah gives his blessing, Allah gives his blessing. 261 May Allah protect us The loss, all of the loss Is for you to become freed from those things that occupy you And you do not turn towards him And your barriers are eliminated and you do not travel to him that is the loss, that is the loss, all of the loss. If the barriers and the obstacles and everything that's busying you is removed and you don't go to him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. When I read this, I was like, wow, I wonder if that's like kind of, I just kind of regretted some things, we'll just put it that way. <laughs> you know, like some stages in life you have a little bit, it's not the same, you know. Yeah, we're teaching online, but I'm not, I don't have to drive and stay and spend time with people. It doesn't take exactly the same amount of time. Maybe there's an extra half an hour in the day. Maybe there's an extra hour in the day. Of course, it's occupied by kids more than it used to be before and stuff like that. But like, maybe there's a little bit of extra time. And if that time wasn't spent, if some distraction and obstacle and barrier was taken away and we didn't take advantage of that opportunity to say like, okay, now I'm going to go to Allah, then that's a huge loss. Allah forgive us. <coughs> Two sixty-four. Al fikratu sayrun qalbi fi mayadin al aghyar. Al fikratu sayrun qalbi fi mayadin al aghyar. Fikra, which came all the way in the beginning, this idea of fikra, contemplation, and thinking and reflecting and being knowledgeable of oneself, understanding oneself, thinking about. Okay, I fell into that mistake then. I have this issue, I have that issue. Being self-reflective, being aware, observant, so on and so forth. That's that's the traveling of the call, the, the heart in the realms of the world. It's the traveling of the heart in the realms of the world. Why? Because al-fikra can only be in the world. We can't actually contemplate God himself. We can contemplate the effect of God in the world, and that would still be, in a sense, related to the world. But we can't do fikra in God Himself. It doesn't doesn't work. Uh, so that's why the verse says, Look at, think about what is in the heavens and the earth. So we use all of that to reflect and to think, and that's that's the traveling of the heart. That's the foundation of the traveling of the heart, is this contemplation. He really ends strong on this. The last three are all on fikra. They're all on contemplation and how important it is. So in the commentary, he says there's different levels of this. Uh, if the person thinks about the things that are in creation and that leads them to the Creator, this is tafakkur al-'amma. This is the tafakkur that is, you know, it's like general general populations tafakkur. Everyone's tafakkur. If they think about the world and how fickle it is. 
And because of that, they increase in their detachment from the world. Then this is the tafakkur of the zahideen. This is the tafakkur of zahideen. It's the tafakkur of the people who renounce this world. And if they think about, if they reflect upon the good deeds, and doing so causes them to want to do more, or they reflect upon bad deeds, and doing so makes them want to stay away from them, then this is tafakkur al-abidin al-tujjar. This is the tafakkur of the worshippers who are like, they're businessmen with Allah basically. Businessmen and women with Allah. The good deed, the bad deed, you know, so on and so forth. Not necessarily bad, but not ideal either. وَإِذَا تَفَكُّرَ فِي تَوَارِدِ النِّعَمِ إِزْدَادَ مَحَبَّةً فِي الْمُنْعِمْ بِهَا وَهَذَا تَفَكُّرَ الْعَارِفِينَ الْأَحْرَارِ And he says, and for those who reflect upon the blessings that keep coming to them, they just think about the blessings that keep coming to them, then that increases them in their love for the one who gives them those blessings, and that makes them engage in the contemplation of الْعَارِفِينَ الْأَحْرَارِ of the knowers of God who are truly liberated. When they reflect upon those blessings. But the fikra is the foundation of it all. Which he continues then in 263. That this reflection and contemplation is the lantern of the heart. And if it is extinguished, then there's no light left. And if, if it is extinguished, there's no light left. There has to be some reflection the person is doing. It doesn't mean it has to be like on it can, it can be in any of those ones that they mentioned But if the person's not thinking at all They're just completely heedless And you know Some people are heedless while at the same time Outwardly obedient by the way Right like they'll do their prayer They'll do their fasting they'll do everything else They'll give their charity their sadaqah their zakat They'll make hajj even but they never think about anything And this is you know like some of the teachers and stuff They say that like the path of Allah It requires aql it requires intelligence. It requires intellect. You can't just like uh, not think about anything. There has to be some contemplation. Like, what is this world? What is this thing? What does it all mean? What is it? What is it going to? And that reflection will illuminate the heart and illuminate the heart and illuminate the heart. Because the person, like, when they reflect upon Allah. They and they reflect upon creation. They recognize truth from falsehood. They recognize their inner faults. They recognize the the traps of their their base self, the traps of shaitan. They recognize the lowliness of this world. They recognize the importance of the hereafter. All of this, without any reflection, the person's heart is like a dark house. It's like a house that doesn't have any light on. He says in the commentary, Rahimahullah Taala. Then in two sixty four, the last of them. And fikra tu fikratan. فِكْرَةُ تَصْدِيقٍ وَإِيمَانٍ وَفِكْرَةُ شُهُودٍ وَعِيَانٍ فَالْأُولَى لِأَرْبَابِ الْإِعْتِبَارِ وَالثَّانِيَةُ لِأَرْبَابِ الشُّهُودِ وَالْإِسْتِبْصَارِ Again, he's breaking them into the categories of the Salikin and the Majdubin. The, the contemplation is two types. One of them is the contemplation of affirmation and belief. And one of them is the contemplation of witnessing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala The first is for the people of I'tibar um, Like um, People who think They reflect And the second is for the people Who just witness They just witness Allah So We're supposed to have both But again He's talking about this 
kind of idea that there's people who and in in the like there's so also some talk about like um you know in the paths to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the path of in this this breakdown that he has the there's paths that for example they put a lot of emphasis on tazkiyah and tarbiyah like breaking the nafs and disciplining the nafs and so on and so forth and um some paths put a lot of emphasis on just being grateful and when you're grateful it opens up just like it's like the majdub it's like these two sides so there are different routes in this it's not that like one is bad or the other one is not um dr hisham hellier talks about this a lot in the book that um that he wrote on the i think it's called like the sufi path is path of the sages of mecca or something like that that we mentioned when we did the event with him he talks a lot about it in there this kind of idea of the two different routes um but these are two different methods you know one is to just reflect on the things that need to be uh fixed and alleviated and like how can i get over this thing and so on and so forth and the other one would be to reflect upon uh just allah like his his blessings and his mercies and his bounty and his majesty and his you know all of these type of things subhanahu wa ta'ala Uh, do you recommend some ways to combat overthinking? You know, sometimes I'm better with overthinking and sometimes I'm not, personally. Um, I can usually tell by how much my jaw hurts, personally. Because I clench my jaw a lot and I don't realize it. And I wake up and I have a headache and it doesn't go away for like a week. Or it's like resting back there, you know, because the jaw is not giving up on me. But, um... You know, overthinking. I have my own personal techniques. Um, usually those relate to like answering two primary questions. What do I know for sure? And what is my immediate actionable thing? So what do I know for sure would be like, I know that Allah is God. I know that Allah controls everything. I know that I'm not going to have anything unless Allah wills for it to be and then nothing's going to be taken away from me unless Allah wills for it to be. I know that I turn my affairs over to Allah and that He will take care of it. And all of these kind of that it all comes from Allah. So I try to like remind myself of those things. And then I try to like ask myself, okay, what's the what's my immediate actionable responsibility? And whatever it is that's like driving me crazy, you know, uh, or that I can't, I'm overthinking too much. And then, you know, I try to think about that, make dua about it, try to do what needs to be done, and then turn it over to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sometimes I do that and it still doesn't work, so then I just like try to make a lot of dhikr <laughs> until I can shut that off. Just sallallahu ala Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, sallallahu ala Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Uh, but you know people do different things sometimes also meditation is good I do meditation sometimes just like not necessarily in the way that we're often told to but similar like I might just be laying down and be like okay I'm just not going to think about anything right now and I'm going to try to discipline myself in that way and um, if anything comes into my mind I'm just going to let it go I'm not going to get upset about it I'm just going to let it go and I'm going to go back to 
breathing or saying the name of Allah or whatever else it might be, saying the shahada. Sometimes I use shahad, the shahada uh, for that exercise because I find that if I say La ilaha illallah Muhammadun Rasulullah, it kind of like slow enough, it kind of like goes along with my breath. Um, but, yeah. Uh, some of the specific things I've been told is that verse وَأُفَوِّدُ أَمْرِي إِنَّ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهِ بَصِيرٌ بِالْعِبَادِ وَأُفَوِّدُ أَمْرِي إِنَّ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهِ بَصِيرٌ بِالْعِبَادِ This one And the one that we have on the Thursday dhikr أَنْتَ الْهَادِي أَنْتَ الْحَقِّ لَيْسَ الْهَادِي إِنَّ اللَّهِ And just repeat it أَنْتَ الْهَادِي أَنْتَ الْحَقِّ لَيْسَ الْهَادِي إِنَّ اللَّهِ so, in the hikam, there are two sections after the hikam, actually. Which kind of sounds a little bit funny. And there's two sections after the hikam, which don't usually get uh, as included, but they're there. You can read them in some translations, at least I'm sure they're there. Uh, one of them is a small section on mukatabat, which are like things that he wrote to other people on these topics they're like little letters you know they're usually pretty short they very much overlay with the things that are mentioned in the hikam like you can you can see very clearly the overlay of the themes and the concepts and the third section is on munajat on his calling upon allah and the words that he would use to do that radiyallahu ta'ala anhu we're not going to cover those uh, because I don't know like even where to get translations on them. But some of them are very beautiful. Ilahi anal faqiru fi faqri fakayfa la akunu faqirin. Anal faqiru fi ghinaya fakayfa la akunu faqirin fi faqri. You know, my Lord, I'm impoverished in my wealth, so how can I not be impoverished in my poverty? I'm ignorant in my knowledge, so how can I not be ignorant in my ignorance? Uh, you know, you're, you're, I mean, some of them are just really, um, My Lord, from me is what corresponds with my blameworthiness and from you is what is what corresponds to your generosity says my lord you described yourself with gentleness and kindness uh, before the existence of my weakness so will you prevent me from your gentleness and your kindness after the presence of my weakness? Ilahi is just like goes on like this in this calling upon Allah. Uh, so we skip that. I'm going to go right to the end of what the um, commentator said at the end of his commentary. I'm just going to read that and we'll finish with that inshallah. وَقَدْ تَمَّ مَا وَفَّقَنَ اللَّهُ لِإِرَادِهِ عَلَى هَذِهِ الْحِكَمِ وَلَهُ الْحَمْدُ وَالشُّكْرُ عَلَى مَا أَسْدَى مِنْ جَزِيلٍ نِعَمٍ So he says, And as such we have completed what Allah gave us the tawfiq to do in terms of the commentary on these wisdoms. And to him is all praise and to him is all thanks for what he has given us from tremendous blessings. فِي يَوْمِ عَرَفَ بِالْجَامِعِ الْأَزْهَرِ وَمَنْبَعِ الْعُلُومِ الْأَنْوَرِ he says, and I finished this on the day of Arafah in the Masjid of Al-Azhar 
which is the wellspring of knowledge and illumination. Sanata Thalathan wa Thalathi Mayatin wa Elf in the year of 1303, after the Hijra of the one who is who has attained the highest levels of honor, Sallallahu Alaihi Wala Alihi and Kiram, Allah's extol him and grant him and his family perfect peace. Was Habihi Bidawrit Tamam and on all of his followers and companions until the end of time. As long as those who remember, remember, and those who are heedless, are heedless. Uh, I'm very grateful for all of you and feel very fortunate that we're able to read this text together and finish this text together. Admittedly, I've studied and read portions of this text at different times in different places and different whatever, you know, all kinds of different things. Um, but I don't think I've ever actually gone from like the actual beginning all the way to the end. It's always pieces. And um, a lot of times in Egypt, it's it's like that, you know, unless you stay longer than we stayed. Usually in the period, like the first five, six years of a person's study, they end up getting pieces. And then after that, they start really getting to like go through things and a lot more, um, you know, completion and stuff. But Alhamdulillah, this is a great blessing. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from us. May He allow us to act upon it. May he give us the capacity to remember these things and to review these things. As I've said, I think it's really good to kind of read through them every so often and review them. And uh, there are a group, there's a group of brothers that I did this with one time. We did like, I don't know how many, maybe the first 50 or so. And a couple of them, I you know, it's, it was several years ago, but a couple of them and a couple of conversations with them over the years, they've said, you know, and this hikmah, he said this and this hikmah, he said that. And I could tell they're reviewing and they're thinking about it, which is really nice, mashallah. So may Allah give us the ability to benefit from these righteous people and may He accept from us. Make he, may He make it a hujjah for us and not against us, a proof for us and not against us. May He give us the ability to, to know Him and to illuminate our hearts with His remembrance. Allahumma ameen. And again, next week we'll still do the hikam. We're just going to read through it as review, and uh, we'll only do the English because otherwise it'll take too long. If we if we just read the Arabic, it would probably take like about an hour. So we can we have to choose one or the other. So we're going to go with the English and. Um, Read through it, inshallah. Uh, I did go through and do research on like what would the Senate look like in this if anyone's interested in it. Again, you can contact me about that. And uh, yeah, you should be able to unmute yourselves if you have a